no consequence. My name is Adam and my fine friend here is Michael. We met at university where we discovered a shared fondness for shooting the breeze about the subject of popular music in all of its forms and you join us this evening as we're about to talk to about one of popular music's least successful collaborations. This week it's Lulu featuring Metallica and a sad old man, but the old man is Lou Reed and it's confusing and upsetting. Michael, your thoughts? I mean, you join us at quite, quite the moment, really. It's quite, it's quite the pinnacle, really, of uh, I, I just uh, utter art boobery of the first quarter. What? I mean, the, the thing is, so it's Lulu by Lou Reed and Metallica. Is it 2013? Uh, it's 2011. 2011, all right, I'm two years too, I don't know, eager. It's, well, have you, do you want to give us any context? Like, mm. the, the com- most of the context that I read uh, amounted to uh, criticism. Because <laughs> 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 most of the context I read basically went to, amounted to, Lou Reed and Metallica made a crap album. She, we she, she, it. She. Yes, and the well, thing is, it's it's not as bad as the critical reception would have you believe. No. But equally, it, it's not as good as the few, a few critics would also have you believe. The truth is far muddier. <laughs> Mysterious <laughs> and dull. Yes, yeah, so, well, hello everyone. Uh, yes, yeah, so context really for this is uh, the album was recorded between April and June 2011, um, just after Lou Reed and Metallica had played together the first time the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 25th anniversary concert. And they decided they wanted to collaborate, much to everyone's hurrah! Chagrin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to Universal, huh? They decided to collaborate. That's the thing. When they announced this project, it was it generally was mysterious and quite the blockbuster because it's like Lou Reed, titan of the avant-garde rock scene, you know, probably more famous as a name than he is potentially as a musician. Uh, and Metallica, oh, unquestionably legit- so, because you've got Transformer, and he was in the Velvet Underground. Yeah, and I, I think he's probably made most of his money in his life from those two things. Yeah, and and meanwhile, he's con- meanwhile he's continued to release albums, uh, which to to little fanfare apart which from Julian the face- Schnabel, the artist, continued to listen to, but little else. Uh, and then on the other side, you had Metallica, who legitimately the biggest metal band in the world, and command the yeah, vast empire of business. Who effectively effectively invented their own genre. Mm. In fairness, I suppose probably Lou Reed did as well, but or certainly he contributed. Yeah, so these two indomitable forces got together and decided to create a work conceptually based on the two Lulu plays by German playwright Frank Velikind. 
didn't see that one coming, did you? No, no, I did not. (laughs) Originally, the the project was going to be a much more just easygoing affair of Metallica covering a bunch of Lou Reed songs. Do you know what? That would have been better. Potentially. But then someone... Well, I mean, equally, it could have been horrendous. (laughs) (laughs) Other side of a coin there, Adam. (laughs) You never think about that. For for a bit of balance, it might also have been (laughs) wreck. See, the BBC needs to do more of that. Just for balance, everyone. I mean, I'll tell you what, though. Lou, Lou Reed. Lou Reed covering a bunch of Metallica songs. That's a funny idea. Yeah. If he could if he could bring himself to read other people's beautiful words, then he yeah, that that might have been at the very least diverting. Mm-hmm. Whilst <laughs> not satisfying. <laughs> Imagine Metallica without the, the raw power that they commanded at their peak. Because they are they're one hell of a band. Mm. But imagine their recordings stripped of that sort of, well, let's say, let's face it, testosterone, and replaced with a nasal New York adenoidal drone, really focusing on, I'm going to say, the gaps in their lyrics. It's it, devoid of what makes it special. It wouldn't stand up. Oh, Lord, no, it wouldn't. Hmm. Imagine Lou Reed reading Saint Anger Saint over Anger. a ballad or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just just right there, you kind of just hit the nail on the head. It was just like James Hetfield's voice does not suit the lyrics of Lou Reed. No, not remotely. No, and and Metallica have been known I to mean, do my, many covers quite well. My opinion of it has has changed. Uh, it's like the, when I first listened to it, I messaged you saying, like, it, it doesn't, they don't really gel together. And I would say that's, that's if anything, that's grown more pronounced, that feeling. But it's just, it doesn't, they don't fit. <laughs> no. But they, like I, said, I think I said the comparison, the obvious comparison is Walker and Sun Ooh with Soust, mm. which is jaw dropping. If you want, yeah. you've got sort of metal onslaught teamed with haunting you know, ghost. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but you've got him doing weird spoken word beat poetry over Metallica slowed down. Yeah, but I think where Sun Ooh and. <laughs> Sorry, it is just Sun. Just Sun and <laughs> Sun. Scott, Sun, ooh. Sun and Scott Walker mesh is kind of musically, they are both on a very similar wavelength. Of... Upset as many people as possible <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But maximum all... upset, minimum notes. But they're all gentlemen about and very softly spoken. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're very much more of a, the, that atmospheric downbeat drone vibe. Which yeah. even with Scott Walker's, ooh, that, that was the music he was making beforehand. Whereas Lou Reed kind of likes to just try and make abrasive sounding rock and roll. Yes, there is something quite admirable about the fact that Lou Reed genuinely doesn't give a shit. No. I mean, genuinely does not give a shit. I that, was... And that's quite laudable. 
But because yeah. um, he, in terms, made you know, obviously he's the man who gave the world Metal Machine music, which is literally just an hour of feedback, guitar tone, and feedback. But then you listen to some of his other works, like The Blue Mask and stuff. The Blue Mask is beautiful. It's a good album, but there's some songs on there that are very verge on middle of the road, kind of guitar ballads and stuff. Oh, is that right? I mean, I've only given it a cursory listen. I thought, uh, this is lovely, but um, obviously it doesn't. We've got songs on there like The Day John Kennedy Die, which is a bit of a... Uh, or Did but... He Die? QAnon would have us believe that he's just waiting in the background. <laughs> to what end? Oh, um, I read one today that apparently he, he he is in conjunction with his best friend, Donald Trump. And that's the, the lovely detail of this, that something as juvenile as his best friend. <laughs> his bestest friend. His bestest friend, Donald Trump. And um, some top generals, as well as some genius scientists, because it sounds like an eight-year-old wrote it. <laughs> are uh, working together to destroy the Luciferian paedophile cabal that's ruining the world. Finally! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and QAnon have chosen John Kennedy. As the... uh, in, uh, well, it's certainly one of the Kennedys. That, but they all blur into one another for me, Mike, because I'm not American. Well, you've got, you got John, then Bobby, then the rest of them, basically. I can't, get the, I can't tell just to read the Kennedys and the Osmonds. <laughs> I can't make head and a tail of the Kennedys. Was Jimmy Osmond Secretary of State at one point? I assume so. It must have been. <laughs> what the hell is this tattoo I've got then? <laughs> yeah, I think he starred in Dune, and then he was a senator for a spell. <laughs> I feel like he was in Dune, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the title of his book. Then I was a senator for a spell. <laughs> Yes, so Lulu was originally... Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so Lou Reed brought them much of the Lulu content pre-written. Shocking. Uh, but it was, it was mostly in demo form, so they mm. really had to beef it up. Didn't they? Yes. Reed stated that everything is cut live. It's just us staring at each other, playing. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'll tell you one detail that I really loved is apparently, hey, you know, Lurch Ulrich... <laughs> He apparently he said, you know, because Lars Ulrich has got the one of the most aggravating personas ever. I'm sure he's a perfectly nice man, but he comes across as a weapons grade bellend. <laughs> and he said, Yeah, man, at one point Lou Reed challenged me to a street fight. Lou Reed was in his 70s last. <laughs> He was two years away from being dead. <laughs> also, a street fight. You're both wealthy men. I just, I don't know. You mean he changed me to a street fight? Lars Ulrich is a art connoisseur. Hey man, I don't want you to do this. No, no, guys, let's have some tea. Man, said James. <laughs> Some kind of green tea. <laughs> Meanwhile, Rob Tahuli, it was <laughs> stood there counting his money. Was just saying, well, at least I'm in Metallica. Yes, <laughs> yes, I was. Yes, I'm on Lulu and not Master of Puppets or the Black Album. But at least I'm in Metallica. Or who can remember my previous bands? I'm sure if I knew, if I looked them up, I would remember them. Well, I mean, I've watched Saint Anger. Um... Sorry, some kind of monster. Some kind of monster. 
What sort of monster? Oh, some kind. Some kind. <laughs> some kind of monster of some sort. Um, yeah, Rob Tahulu. Uh, a man whose name I've only ever seen written down and never said out loud. <laughs> Interesting. It's cr- yeah. I don't think I've ever said his name aloud. <laughs> so Rob, sir, again. I'm, I'm certain on Rob. I'm rock solid on that. But I've never heard it. I don't know how to say it. I could never have ever heard someone speak his name. I think that's because we're all bound in the covenant of silence. Rob. Mr. Mr. Rob. Mr. Bacon Mr. Bassist from from Metallica. I do you know what? I will accept that. Because at least I'm in Metallica. At least he's there. Yeah, so at one point Lou Reed, after staring Lars Ulrich dead in the eye. And challenging him to a street fight. <laughs> invited him to a street fight. <laughs> which I'm sure Lou would have won. I mean, Lou Reed. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic Bellend or avant-garde genius? Can he be both? Because I think, I think that's the right answer here. There are very, very few men in, in, in pop, uh, or indeed rock, where you think, do you know, I can... Ver-. Him and Van Morrison are virtually unique when you think... Do you know what? I think I would fucking hate you if I met you. <laughs> I don't think we. I don't think you would be in any way nice. <laughs> I think you'd just be a curt, abrasive asshole. Yeah, for no reason at all. Uh, no. Even like people where you think oh, I've got oh, no intention of listening to your records, really. But I'm sure. I'm sure we could shoot the breeze. Bruce Springsteen, case in point, seems like a nice guy. Mm. Good fella. Yeah, I I do have a real love hate thing with Lou Reed. Not just the man, the music, uh, because some of it I generally, he, when he nails it, he does write a beautiful. Like I'm not even just talking about your perfect days, but even talking about something like Berlin, which is oh, just no, monumental. The whole right. album. When and he again, nails it, he nails it. Yeah, and even like again going back to the Blue Mask, there's some songs on there, some of the darker ones where it just. I think he's an underrated guitarist, for one I thing. Think there's a he definite, could come up with a great riff. There's a danger, though, with Lou Reed, that he is. He strikes me as the type of artist that does say, ah, that'll do. Past a certain point. I've put yeah, everything I, I've got into these seven songs, and mm. now I'll bash off four more to fill the record. Yeah, I don't know how much this is true or just an opinion, but he does get the sense that he's very much a one-and-done kind of guy, like... Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Take one that's in the bag, print it, uh, whatever, print it to my CDR. Lou Reed's did it again. <laughs> now I'll deliver this to the boys and they can Metallica all over it. Yeah. Some <laughs> kind of Lou Reed. Just a, just a. I mean, when it. Oh, when the record started playing and it's Brandenburg Gate and there's that incredible, incredibly arresting couplet. What is it he says? Something about Boris, cutting Boris Karloff's tits? Um, oh, how does it go? Uh, I would cut my legs and tits off when I think of Boris Karloff. Oh, yeah. And you immediately Hell think... of the moon. Straight away, we're off to the races. This is going to be terrific. Yeah. 
And then the album continues. For another 80 minutes. For another 80 minutes of just muddy, sludgy noise while this old man pronounces the word hard really oddly again and again and again. Small town girl! In the beating of my heart. Yeah, pump think... more blood. Pump more blood. Pumping blood. Pumping in my, blood. In my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah just, just Lou Reed overall vocally in the album. It, it goes a fine line between mad preacher and then just mad, mad old man in the street. Yeah. I mean, that's, shouting. you've nailed it there. There are moments in this on this album that I would describe as almost transcendent. Oh yeah, and uh, but they're so it's so long and so, and again I'm going to say muddy because that's really what I think. But if you wanted to improve the album at a stroke, you could just get rid of James Hetfield's vocals. Ah, I'm sorry, James. <laughs> you can sing as much as you like elsewhere, but your incredibly masculine style does not marry up with Small Lurie. Town Girl, and obviously the. The running joke line, I am the table. <laughs> it's yeah, fucking shit. That's the other. It's just the, their voices do not complement each other go. in the slightest. I assume no. that Sun Woo have a singer. I don't think they do. Oh, well, I, think I was going to say I'd like to applaud him for remaining mercifully silent while Scott's <laughs> doing his business. They might have a yodeler. Super. Super. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, again, I think maybe to a point Lou Reed was looking for that other element for, yeah, my voice doesn't go with James Hetfield's at all. Great. Is it Lou or is it just really jarring? Because yeah. at, at different times, their voices on their own sound really good. Oh, yeah, as yeah. soon as they start coming anywhere near each other. But it's this just is like, just the Ugh. problem, isn't it? I like Metallica. I don't know a great deal about them. Um, I'm not. I'm not a Metallica fan because I don't. I don't own any Metallica records. But everything I've heard with you know of the big stuff, I thought this is fantastic. Yeah, and I've, right. I've got a big soft spot for for thrash and vaguely preposterous metal i even like sort of macho posturing to a point um and i've always got a soft spot for the metal community <laughs> i also like lou reed however <laughs> yeah they do not complement each other no it's, it was actually a, an easier mix when ray davies did a version of you really got me with metallica yeah i could see that yeah it actually seemed to mesh better I mean, even them attempting to cover Queen didn't didn't offend me. <laughs> you know, in the concert for Freddie, didn't they do oh, sheer yeah. heart? They did sheer heart attack. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's sheer crazy. heart attack. And I think it is fair to say that Hetfield has got a subtly different register to Freddie Mercury. Just some subtle differences for the eagle-eared listener. But um, ooh, Lou Reed, no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't invited to Freddie Mercury's tribute concert, was he? Shocking. I mean, the thing is, if he'd been invited, he wouldn't have gone. <laughs> so I just thought, you know what, we don't embarrass anyone here. We don't put anyone on the spot. I bet. I bet Lou Reed hated Queen. And that tells you everything you need to know about the man. 
<laughs> if, the, if there isn't a corner of you that thinks our oh, queen were good, weren't they? Then I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care for it. Yeah, and I bet Van Morrison hates them as well. Bet he does. I almost guarantee. On the plus yeah, side, Lou Reed died before the pandemic, so we're spared his songs on the subject. So that's something. I, I feel like I feel like Lou would be pro lockdown. What, because only... it made so many people sad? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent, excellent. <laughs> Feeds my guitar tones. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. I think it's, it's important to say before heading off into the album proper, um, just, just the publicity this album got, Leading up to its release and oh, then yeah, subsequently, yeah. because so you've got two the, huge people involved, yeah, and then so the 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 build up to it was astronomical. And it's, I remember this came out during a period where I was very much into my metal and hanging out with some of the metal community in London, Adam, going more to your a great bunch of lads, a great, a great bunch uh, of lads. So it was kind of. I was vibing the scene, if you will, when this came out. I just remember everyone just fucking unloaded on it, hated it. Everyone was so looking forward to it with some trepidation. But yeah, when it came out, and particularly when they released The View as the first yeah, single I was going to say, first of all, why release a single? Yeah, this is, not a, this is not a singles album. Absolutely not. I didn't know it was a single, though. I thought they just released like a, a taster, like a snippet. No, they brought it. Well, I thought they brought so, it out on YouTube. The world's first taste of this is Metallica, Metallica ring everywhere. While Lou Reed says, "With somebody who despises you, somebody who despises you." Which you could imagine in turn how many people then just said that back to Lou Reed and the song. Yes, but um, yes. Which, is, which is absolutely, I would think, proving Lou Reed's point somewhat because he does actively despise you. He has. He, he actively. He's look. He's made no bones about it. Cards <laughs> on the table. I actively despise all of you except you, you have fulfilled, You have fulfilled his prophecy, <laughs> which is to despise you. And then I despise you. Pump more blood. <laughs> In my coagulating heart. Yeah, so the the view came out and it gave birth instantly to very famous meme of just James Hetfield pronouncing "I am a table," which just everyone just collectively no, just no, went, no, no. "Are you no, fucking no, no, no. kidding me?" Do him, do him. You do him a disservice. He's not our table. He is the table. Oh, some kind of table. He's the table of tables. And have a I am the table. I'm the aggressor. And he is, I am. <laughs> I am Henry VIII, I am. <laughs> yeah, so the song it was um, reportedly had is twice as many dislikes on YouTube as it had likes for the video. Um, the, the video Delighted weirdly directed. Again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the good stuff. It, weirdly directed by Darren Aronofsky, which you can see none of his craftsmanship in this video because it's just 
a boring performance video in black and white. Yes, well, that, that adds up. Presumably he had bigger plans, but they could not get Lou Reed to commit. Which, what, a, what a fabulous waste of money. You could have just got some you know, film school grad with his 8mm to do the exact same thing do for you not mean, Darren Aronofsky money. Do you mean you? Who is available? Me in 2011, is, yes. And I would have been. You also do charge knockdown Aronofsky money. I do. I am. <laughs> I am. It's official. I am cheaper than Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> I will put that on my card. Yeah, you are. You are. I mean, I don't know what he charges, but I would guess it's more. Prohibitively cost. <laughs> If you, want, if you want a black and white performance video interspersed with archive footage, I will do it for 50 quid. <laughs> you know, we don't need to get Lou Reed over. Just get your dad. <laughs> just get him out of his pyjamas and slippers, which uh, I like what Lou Reed did. How old is your dad? Uh, 75. Good. How cantankerous is he? Oh, very. <laughs> <laughs> much cantankerous is he? Is oh, he? Much, very much so. <laughs> Is he mean-tempered or crotchety? Because really, I'm looking more crotchety. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for someone who actively despises you. I've got just the man. <laughs> and, he, it, and he doesn't charge Lou Reed money either. Beautiful. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be... Uh, yeah, so it would have made sense originally, but Darren Aronofsky was uh, meant to do a video for... Asked Honey, which, when you listen to the album, is the only song that sounds like it could be vaguely a single on it. Well, because it's not 20 minutes long, or... Yeah, and people sound like they're trying to sing on it, weirdly. Strange. Yes, it would be be fair to say the album polarised critics. Well, I I don't... I don't think it polarised them uh, because that, I mean, to, I always think polarising involves a sort of vaguely 50-50 split, whereas based on the cross-section that I read, we're talking a 90-10 split, if not more. People were awful cross. <laughs> well, they actively despised they it. actively <laughs> despised it, Adam. Really yeah, got into his hands there, aren't they? Really were. But by all accounts, he, Lou Reed was actually really upset with the reaction it got. Was he? Well, according to Metallica, he was. He was proper like droopy dog about it. You know, Dave, they don't like me, Lars. Hey, hey, hey there, Lou. We thought it was real good, you know. Well, thank you, Kurt. That's very sweet of you. Put your guitar down. Meow. We've done one take. That'll do. Wow. Hey, no solos. Stop being mean to Lou Reed, you know. Yeah, because you'd think he'd love a reaction, but by all accounts, he was actually quite taken aback by the absolute vitriol. But what Lou Reed hadn't counted on was the conservative nature of the metal crowd and Metallica fans. Which Yeah, but I mean, you would have thought Metallica could have warned him. Yeah. <laughs> Especially given that, you know, that certainly to an extent, Metallica are their community. I'm sure... They're not anymore, but certainly when they were young men, they were pretty purist. You know, music needed to rock. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm not just saying 
you know, anyone who's like properly into their metal is a complete like that's that's all I listen to, and that's nothing because I know loads and loads of no, people. No, of course, of course. I, who, there uh, are members you know, of the metal community that are like oh, that. Yeah, that I, mean, I would say point. there are huge swathes of the metal community and, that are like that. And they're quite vocal about that at the same time. Let's say all of the ones that are wearing um, denim jackets with the sleeves cut off, to a man, <laughs> are reasonably conservative. You're kind of your Amonimar fans, things with Vikings, serpents, yeah, mead. That kind of, yeah, that and kind such of shit. And such, yeah. And such and such, yeah. You know, I think maybe your more Metallica metal fan is a bit more broad strokes. We'll go, yeah, we'll listen to hip hop, a bit of pop music. Well, you Metallica know. did something fairly extraordinary, wasn't it? Which is that they brought that, that vibe, that community, if you will, smack bang into the mainstream because they sold records in numbers that most bands from that scene can only dream of commanding. Like the Black Even, Album is one of the biggest yeah, selling yeah. albums ever. E, and if you consider that that is a fairly he- heavy record, that's fucking amazing. The um, the like the whole of the new wave of British heavy metal have not sold anything like as many records as Metallica. They've done something amazing. They deserve every scrap of their success. It is a shame then that on this record they are reduced to a backing band. And they. They really are. A backing They're band. Completely we're, a backing doing, band. we're doing an impression of Metallica. Yeah. Playing to the whims of this madman at the front yeah, of the yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah. You get the sense, don't you, that, I mean, it's called a Lou Reed and Metallica album, but it's almost like Lou Reed is written in really big capital letters and it's oh, yeah, with Metallica. Oh, yeah. No, or no, Lou Reed, Lou not with Metallica. Metallica. <laughs> yeah, and... It's it's a shame that it just because of the reputation it has because you could just tell even at the time Metallica were just so made up that they had made an album with Lou Reed because I think as well because Metallica is such a juggernaut for them to even do this kind of collaborative album with anyone let alone Lou Reed was like considered such a a, a, you know grand thing to happen like wow who had thought Metallica would do like a you know collaboration album with someone do you think that Metallica felt that Lulu was going to be the thing that sort of elevated them, that moved them out of being, you know, brain-dead metalheads, which is not my view, obviously. It's just the perception that some people have into being, uh, you know, maybe broadsheet readers might buy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, this this is a Guardian Reader's album. Yeah, this is an avant-garde challenging record, which will sell. To some a meeting people. of and to thrash. be fair, we are two of those people. Oh yeah, absolutely. That would yeah. read that and go, "Ooh, that sounds." And then you hear the beginning of Brandenburg Gate, and you probably think, "Ooh," and then, "Ooh, this sounds like Frank Turner." And then something goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some some of the uh, critical comments at the time. So Sputnik Music said, "The fallout from this could have dire consequences." Could it? Mostly the... for you, Adam. What are the consequences going to be? People just won't like it, and then they'll go back to listening to Master of Puppets. Master of Puppets! Yep. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are already placing Metallica in the Last Chance Saloon. They've now, they're, now they've called the Last Orders. Oh my As for Reed, his legacy, whatever that means in his case, is cemented. See, I have a problem with that sentence. His legacy, whatever that means in his case, is cemented. 
So what cemented if you don't know what it is in his case? Well, I get the sense that that, that writer was just, um, to be honest with you, like, like well, I mean, because we've both written our, our share of reviews and we know from bitter experience that it is much, much easier to have a very strong opinion one way or the other. It's easier to write. And frankly, it's easier oh, to be the funny. Worst. If you yeah, it's the worst something. trying to write a middling review. Which like, yeah, of it's course. Fine. Where do you think fine? the vast the vast majority of stuff that is produced is merely fine, and some things are great and some things are shit. So when something's shit, that's brilliant because you think, well, at least I can get some jokes out of it, and that mm. seems to be what that person has done there. I mean, yes, it's last orders that doesn't work. It's doesn't yeah, in, the, in the last chance saloon. That's no, it what? isn't. No, Why it is Metallica, La Chance Saloon. Metall- I don't. Metallica, the millionaire rock gods, are still going to sell out stadiums. It's just the only problem is if they are performing in a huge stadium and they suddenly go, we're, we're going to do the viewer with a hologram of Lou Reed or his ghost. <laughs> that, that will go down badly. But then they wouldn't. They wouldn't. No, they, just, they, they simply couldn't, Adam. They simply they wouldn't. They shouldn't. But it's stupid to claim otherwise. Thick. Yeah. Also, yeah. Lou Reed's Lou Reed can do no wrong because his brand is being a cantankerous old sod. And give even no matter what he did, even if he just shat on a record and then tried to serve it to people, they'd still go, Yeah, he's still in the Velvet Underground. Well, he was a it was a man whose career was literally just it was as many catastrophic failures as it was hits, if not more. He yeah. was a man known for having a clutch full of hits, but had quite a large catalogue of meandering to Actually, actively despise music. Way, he's no different to say, let's say somebody like Ray Davies or Paul McCartney is another one, or indeed any of the Beatles. Where you think, so what we are, the, the bit of your career that we're all interested in is realistically what ten years out mm-hmm. of a forty, fifty year plus effort. We really are just interested in the stuff you did when you were a man in your twenties. And we're not totally bothered by anything else. I don't think that Ray Davies it plays an awful lot of his new stuff. I'm sure he does some, you know, because he probably sticks to the two for them, one for you, or whatever it is yeah. ratio. But come on, people just want people are interested in the Kinks, and people are interested in the Beatles. People are interested in Transformer. Possibly a bit of the Blue Mask, maybe a bit of Berlin and the Velvet Underground in its entirety. Coney Island it, Baby. Yes, of course. Sally Can't Dance or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Pitchfork gave uh, the album a rare 1.0 rating. Yeah, but Pitchfork, so, Pitchfork enjoy the smell of their own farts. So. Mm-hmm. For all the hilarity that ought to ensue here. Lulu is a frustratingly noble failure, audacious to the extreme, but exhaustingly tedious as a result. Its few interesting ideas are stretched out beyond the point of uh, utility and pounded into submission. Absolute unfairness. I cheerfully retract my previous statement because that... <laughs> you agree with every word. That about. is absolutely accurate. I don't think it deserves... Because Pitchfork go out of 10, don't they? Yeah. So one out of ten is not fair. I don't no, think. No, that's not fair. But the words, pretty bang on. <laughs> Absolutely really much, bang really. on. Really. Um, I couldn't get the words um, out of my head that this is a grand folly. 
Yeah. What a spectacular idea. And you've got to applaud both parties for getting involved. But it doesn't work. I would much rather this album exists, as in Lulu and the way they did it, than Metallica got with Lou Reed and they covered a bunch of Lou Reed songs. Oh, I yeah, think that would have much been more much more prosaic. This is audacious. Yeah, that would have been a much more prosaic affair. It's gone, fine, yeah, good, whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean... Yeah, no. but that exists. And the thing is, if that did exist, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. No, but the fact is that these two entities went and made an album which garnered such a reaction. Yeah. Yes, most mostly in the, the negative, but the fact it got that kind of response is quite remarkable. I can't think the last time that album's God coming up on ten years old now. That's frightening to think, but I can't think of another album within those ten years that's had such a reaction to it as this. Um, it, in any particular genre, not just metal. No, no, I'm, I'm just thinking. I mean, of course. Uh... I'm also thinking, what albums am I aware of within the last 10 years? There must be at least three. Uh, and they were all broadly well-received. Oh, well, well done, then. Because, <laughs> I mean, two of them were by Nick Cave. So, and the other one's Lemonade, which people seem to like. Oh, oh not Blackstar? Oh, yeah, that too. That, yeah, broadly well-received. <laughs> two thumbs up. Yeah, many commented that uh, Lou Reed fans would enjoy the album more than Metallica fans. I think that's safe to say. Oh, unquestionably the case. And yet, I don't think they'll like it either. No, no. So, his wife and David Bowie liked it. Well, of course David Bowie liked it, because he got to admire the ebb and flow as he played it on a dance floor at his wedding. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> Bloody wonderful. Yeah, Laurie Anderson did comment, uh, I forget what uh, award ceremony was that. It might have been a Lou Reed tribute, but apparently it, it, word had gotten to her that Bowie had said it was like his favourite album or oh one, one of his favourite Lou Reed works. What a lie. What a... Oh. oh, yes. Absolutely marvellous, Laurie. Oh, oh yes. Couldn't, couldn't turn it off. <laughs> Lulu. Oh, absolute masterpiece. Loved every second. Wonderful. David. Oh, what's your favourite song? Oh, the, the entire affair. <laughs> He's such a liar. <laughs> I simply must anyway. do something to reassert my avant-garde credentials. Lulu, <laughs> the most used. <laughs> anyway, ta-ra, Laurie, love. God bless. <laughs> Terribly sad to hear about Lou. Ta-ta. I say this for oh, yeah. the album. Mm. It's got a fantastic cover. It's a striking cover. It's yeah. really good, that cover. Really good. I like the fact that it doesn't have either artist's name on it, and it's just that oh. that mannequin that looks like it's, it's seen things. And then Lulu in blood smears. Really striking cover. Smeared in blood! Yeah, that's... I, that's the only reason I'd like to own the record, really, is so I could look at the cover. Um, yeah. I I can't decide what... I haven't actually looked. I can't decide what it would be. Would it? Is it one of those that's going to cost a surprising pretty penny? Because... I have a suspicion. Nobody bought them. and Or no, they said they didn't make that penny. It's it's one if I saw on Amazon for around 16, 17 quid, I might go, ah, yeah, it's what, 
worth a pop for that. I'm not. Mm. I'm not paying forty quid for it. Oh, it's not. It's not north of twenty money, is it? I don't, I don't no. want to listen to it again. No. So yeah, there's like two songs on here I really want to listen to, you know, repeatedly. Uh, yeah, there's there's a couple I'd like to listen to actually on my hi-fi because, uh, well, Junior Dad, I yes. think would sound just enormous and excellent. Yes. I look forward to speaking on that more. Um, yeah, and just just fine before we do crack on with the songs, just one reaction from the band. Um, so Lou Reed said that Metallica fans have threatened to shoot him. Um, I don't have any more fans. They left after Metal Machine Music. I'm just having fun. I don't imagine Lou Reed ever having fun. Does your fun always have to be at our expense, Lou? Oh, it does. Oh, fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay, as long as we know where we stand. Yeah, and, and James Hetfield expressed, hey! <laughs> um, <laughs> he expressed an understanding of fearful people who are typing from their mom's basements that they still live in. And again, he's probably got a bit of a point. <laughs> yeah. But probably. it's not... Equally, it doesn't deserve a sort of vociferous, full-body defence, does it? Because, re- I mean, I will celebrate it for what it is but god i i'm so relieved to be talking to you about it because it's like i don't want to listen to it <laughs> as i touched on before we started recording work has been a little challenging and so what you don't fucking want at the end of a day is pump more blood <laughs> dun, dun, dun. pump more blood oh jesus could one of you one of you throw me a melody <laughs> Well, I, I do I do think Brandenburg Gate is a, a, a nice kickoff song to the album. Oh, I agree. And, and I, again, like, like, I thought opening couplet, wow, this is going to be epic. Yeah, uh, I, you know, even just Lou Reed's delivery on it, it's not quite as grating on this one. I mean, it's still full-blown, Lou Reed just doing Lou this. But Lou Reed. I really like his delivery of some of the lines like, uh, I thought of Peter Laurie when things got pretty gory. I also thought that the Metallica's references. the Metallica interplay is not as jarring on this as it was in others because I was also I was sort of again it's the first song you hear and it opens with mm. there's that weird sort of atmosphere noises and then Lou Reed yeah, sort of si- guitar. almost singing on the first one instead of just doing spoken poetry yeah and then the they come in and I'm almost I'm sort of pleased to see them gentlemen come in. Me and Lou were just sitting down to talk about Boris Karloff. Do join us. <laughs> it's such a fine line when Metallica do actually kick in because it verges on being kind of preposterous. Yeah. Because you've got this kind of lilting guitar, this frayed old man, and then suddenly, bam, they just yeah. kick in. And then Metallica... I think it's just the right side of exhilarating. Yes, I would it's agree. Very close to, to just parody. I think that the line they were they're struggling with is that Metallica sounds so much like themselves. Yeah, they they, they, they don't. Can't help it. They no, they but they don't have another mode. Mm. And I'm sure they're all, they're all proficient enough that they they could have played in a different way. But presumably they were thinking, well, how will anybody know that it's us if we do, yeah. if we don't go balls to the wall? I mean, Rob is here and he brought his bass. I don't want to disappoint him. <laughs> Rob who? Never heard it. Never heard it sound. Never, never. 
We're all bound. Covenant of Silence. It, it's an odd one as well, because... Well, actually, it's not odd, but something you do realise, which doesn't then help the nearly 80-minute runtime, is these songs are quite repetitive as well. They, they have, like, a very a small... Yeah, very small window of melody in there, and then they just repeat that fucker over and over again. Yeah, and you get you get the first taste of it on Brandenburg Gate. Luckily, I I think the song has a nice it's a nice weird disjointed quality because the music is quite um, you know impactful. It's kind of energ- energetic in a way, but then definitely, you've just got this definitely. downbeat Lou Reed tone to it, talking about. I'm assuming you're talking about Berlin or something, and all these horror icons and talking one, about one would assume one would assume the horror show that's about to ensue. Um, yeah, no, I I actually really like Brandenburg Gate, and it's something that does turn up on my shuffle. Yeah, and if it turned up on my shuffle, I don't think I'd be particularly. I wouldn't be upset. It doesn't outstay its welcome particularly either, which is no, it's not a, not something length. that not something that can be said for a lot of the other songs. No, Boy, you know when you're thinking, oh, this must be wrapping up soon, and then you look at the time and go, four minutes left. Come on, come on. How? Why did anybody decide to make this a double album? Yeah, I mean, most of it is Junior Dad because that is twenty minutes, and ten minutes of it is drone. And, and Junior Dad, I think, is probably the strongest one on the record, but it's still a bit long. Bit long, but yes, yeah, agreed. Uh, so the the view, which is probably the most famous song on it, for the thing we spoke about, which the meme song, yeah, the yeah. myth, the meme. I'm the table. Um, I, I I quite like the view. I just mm. <laughs> I don't think it's it's fine, isn't it? I, I just think it would be probably better if maybe they turned James Hetfield's mic off. Yeah, this is or, the one where... Or turn Lou Reed's bum mic off. I don't care. Yeah, overall, just got both of them at the same time. Yeah, this is one where I think Metallica come off it... Well, the band, not James Hetfield, come out of it better than Lou Reed does, because it's yes. where they get, they get a bit more visceral on this one. you got, like, the real just nice drum kicks, and then the growling guitar just kind of... Oh, yeah, I'll say this for it. You, you're absolutely right. The little, the little drum kicks and the fills are very very good they're, they're like a, they're, they're electrifying little punches um the the entire album though is a, a war between the mad old man and metallica and as you, some songs um there can be only one winner there can be only one victor and on this one it, it's so so far i think it's lou reed one metallica one yeah <laughs> And as we move into track three... Yeah, the fears were like with the whole I'm a table, I'm... Because that... We can't get around that, really. Some say he's alluding to The Last Supper, which would go in with Lou Reed's kind of Southern preacher delivery of just shouting old Sorry, man Sorry, I, I just realised that my response to what you're saying is likely to roll my eyes, which doesn't really he work on a podcast. I but... mean, practically went down the floor, everyone. <laughs> but honestly, that's a reference to what The Last Supper is. It Why? Because they were on a table. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Try harder. <laughs> you might as well have yelled, I... I am 30 pieces of silver. I would have had more time for it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's got great energy though as well when it kicks in at the end and the riff really kicks in. Once once everyone stops singing, everyone stops talking. When everybody calms then, down a bit. And they all just well on the guitars for a bit at the end, they get out of their system. I think it's a really good song. They then. give Kirk his moment in the sun. Yeah. Yeah. He's very endearing, isn't he, Kirk Hammett? He is. He just comes across <laughs> a very affable man. Yeah, he does. Hetfield, difficult to work out. Lars Ulrich, what a pranic. <laughs> <laughs> Hetfield seems in one turn like your big brother, in another way, quite sinister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your big brother, but he's troubled. He's been through mm. some stuff. Rob, there's just a big old question mark above his head. Yeah, but not above the bit the one that says, Rob! <laughs> <laughs> just imagine big cartoon, Rob! Exclamation. He's, I mean, I'm sure he's a lovely bass player. He certainly was on some kind of monster. But he's, um, you you can't really hear him on this. I'm sure he, I'm sure there's lots of bass in it. I couldn't hear a lot of it because it's covered by with just the this poor production and, and yeah. So the view was it was it was an interesting one to pick as a single. I mean, it's very much to pick it as your single is a statement for ten and saying, "Get ready for this, fuckos." I think it's more to do with the fact that James Hetfield's got quite a prominent role in it. I think that's probably yes. why they picked it. I do think Iced Honey would have completely made more sense though, to release as a single. Oh, I thought Iced Honey stank. Iced Honey, Iced Honey tea. I think Iced Honey stinks up the record. You can't put a butterfly in a jar. And then... I actually really like Iced Honey. But do you know what you can put in a jar? A butterfly. Again, talking up his ass. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying you absolutely can. Get a big enough jar, small enough butterfly, Bob's your uncle. Doesn't know what he's talking about. I think Ice Honey has just it, it annoyed me because it's just. I mean, that's just Bob Dylan. I mean, <laughs> it, it is. It is. Dylan Reed goes pretty. It does go pretty Bob Dylan. Yeah. Ice Honey. I think that's all Hetfield does on it as well. He just says Ice Honey. Oh, your your Hetfield's getting a bit Danzig there. <laughs> oh, sorry. Ice Honey. <laughs> More Shirley Bassey. Oh, yeah, he also says, Cheers, the ice will melt for you. Cheers, the ice will melt for you. Mr. Dylan. I just want to be involved in Lulu. Yeah, Iced Honey, it's like, I like the riff on it. have gone into the studio to record a note-for-note cover of Lulu as a symphony, as a a fanfare for Lou Reed. Yeah, I think it's tremendous. I would not enjoy that. (laughs) I recently listened to... um, What fitting testament can there be to Lou Reed than recording an album that everybody will hate? I recently listened to Dan Sings Elvis. It's not... Not as good as that sounds. Because <laughs> it doesn't think, sound good. You think Danzig singing Elvis, preposterous, wickedly over the top, wonderful. Every song is about that tempo, and it's boring as shit. There's not one silly song on it. It's like everything's just of a tempo of fever. Um, there's no yams. 
no over the top Danzig. Two litre bottle of Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> Shrek 2 on DVD. I mean, Danzig, though, in fairness to him, he recorded Mother, so he gets the benefit of the doubt, doesn't he? And if you're wondering what we're just singing, if you look up on YouTube, Danzig sings his shopping list. It's worth a few minutes. Yeah, it's much to enjoy. More, possibly, than Lulu. But potentially, and it's, it's also true. it is mercifully brief, <laughs> less time. <laughs> yeah, but I like Ice Tiny because it's certainly the most conventional song on the album. But also, it it sounds almost triumphant over the rest of this music. See, I didn't. I thought Ice Tiny was a bit irritating, but I I liked. Uh, is it Mistress Dread? The song just before it. Yeah, I thought Mistress Dread has got fucking. Balls, Mike. That's where I think Metallica sound like they're really working up a sweat at it. Even Titanic of Sensational Bell End, Lars Ulrich, is really, really playing his fucking heart out. The drums on Mistress Dread are immense and powerful. Yeah, it's 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 a nice slow opening with this organ line, and then it just properly kicks in with that wall of guitar and that wall of sound and it just keeps that pace going for like a whole five minutes it just doesn't yeah. let up it's just down 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 and yeah it's, it's probably the, one of the few true thrash Metallica moments on the album where yeah. they just let themselves actually be go. Metallica yes they're allowed lose allowed them to be Metallica for five because minutes because there are there's a number of times on this record where Metallica sound like they've been told slower lads a bit slower uh, 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 uh. Follow me. <laughs> One, two, three. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Reed, is there any way we can speed up just a touch? That's Street Fight. <laughs> <laughs> that was Street Fight. No, my Street Fight. Lou just offered you, invited you to some kind of Street Fight. <laughs> Not another street fight, do you reckon we could get through at least one day of recording with only one street fight? Oh, jeez. Ah, oh, hey, I'm in Metallica. Oh, if only you were, Jim. <laughs> hey there, fellas. Do we have to, uh, do all of our songs have to be about death? Why don't we oh, make one of them? Ladies of the night. Why don't we, <laughs> what, courtesans? Why don't we write a song about hugging? <laughs> There's at least a dozen references to Powdered Rouge. <laughs> Could we maybe, why don't we record a song about how much we like our teacher and the letter B? <laughs> <laughs> B is for blusher. Oh, heavens no. Oh, Jim. Can I call you Jim? It's James. Oh, sorry, James. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like Mr. Stredge as well. That's side. I've got to admit, though, when I listened back to the album, I didn't remember it off the top of my head. Whereas all the other three songs up until now, Ice Tiny, The View and everything, at least I could remember them. Mistress Dread, I was like, I don't remember I don't at all remember this. What I'm quite interested in is you alluded when we were talking uh, pre-record. Alluded. Uh, via The Gift. Nice. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And <laughs> on behalf of all the boys and girls at home, thank you. But um, you suggested that you had a fonder memories of this album than necessarily yeah. came to pass. So when you yeah. were a mover and shaker in the metal scene in 
Hey. In that London town. Did you did you think it was a, 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 a corker? I I never thought it was a balls to the wall masterpiece. I wasn't that much of a contrarian, but I was definitely in the camp of there's something here. There's something to enjoy. There's something of merit here, and I don't. I'm not getting on this gravy train of just piling in on it and saying this is bullshit. Lou mm. Reed's an old hack, and Metallica should have fucking known better and wound their necks in, which was kind of the considered opinion. Yeah, it's the consensus view, isn't it? Yeah, um, I was much more like, no, if you actually listen to it as an album, not as a Metallica fan, there, there's elements in here, there's interesting things in here. Yes, admittedly, there is silly bollocks nonsense, but there was, you know, there's qualities in it. Like, like I said, I liked Iced Honey. I think Brandenburg Gates a really good opener. And I think if you are more familiar with Lou Reed's work, this feels like a real sister piece to Berlin. Mm. You know, you know, it's quite literally, you know, he's, he's talking about German plays and, you know, it's the same wheelhouse of talking about um, prostitution and drugs and things like that. It really is just so, and think classic when Lou Reed came out. It is classic. Like, I think I was only a couple of years removed of really getting into Berlin, Lou Reed's album. So it was very, quite fresh in my head. And I just thought, it just, it works for me. Like, as a, as a concept mm. of an album, it's working for me. Yeah, again, I didn't think it was a masterpiece, but I was like, it's not, it doesn't deserve this absolute pile on it's getting. But when you listen to it this time, less favourable. Yes, I found this time my patience getting much shorter with it. Certain songs like, um, you know, Cheat On Me, oh, which is God. 11 and a half minutes. A but dirge. Yeah, I think that's, yeah An when 11 and a half about, minute dirge. Yeah, when you're saying, like, God, it's got four minutes left. I think that's cheat on me right now. I'm just like, oh, my God, this song does not need to exist in this form. Well, that's just it, isn't it? I mean, there is... The the the, the idea is so admirable. Mm. And even the execution in some parts is so admirable that if they'd have just had a steadier hand on the tiller... Somebody that maybe a more experienced, I don't know who produced it, but a more experienced producer that was able to say... It wasn't Bob Rock, that, that much. Crucially, was able to say to, in fairness, Lou Reed and fucking Metallica, hey guys, maybe Jim Henson, hey guys, maybe this song could just be four minutes. I mean, when you've got to have pretty big honeys to wheel in Metallica or rain in, so. But then, if Metallica are in there, beholden to Lou Reed, yeah, yeah, how does that fucking dynamic work? If you're the producer, you got to kind of herd the cats of Metallica, and then they're being, yeah, 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 you know, just they're just like, oh, whatever Lou says. It's a real I, I don't imagine task, that. Isn't it? Yeah, I don't imagine that was quite the dynamic. But yeah, that's not the position you really want to be in in that room Absolutely being a producer not. on this one. You know, with Lou Reed changing your street fight every five minutes. And then, and then dozing off when he's not. Whilst Lars Ulrich looks through another Sotheby's catalogue looking for his next poichist. Looking for his next vulgar painting. Yeah, Listening to Lars Ulrich talk about the painting in some kind of monster is uh, one of the funniest bits in that film. Where he's going, yeah, it's amazing, you know. Same voice. (laughs) Let's give him a different voice. Let's give him a different voice. Hang on. Yeah, no, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, you've got the because she's, she's gonna have the same voice as uh, you, your man from the Blue Nile. Uh, What's his name? Paul Buchanan. Paul Buchanan. 
So, no, it's great. That's a great big, like, canvas on the wall. It's absolutely beautiful. So, what I find amazing is, like, how did they know that that is when that bit's finished? You know, there's this big pink smear at the bottom mm-hmm. of the pines going, oh, I just think that's incredible. Like, how did they think that's it? That's enough punk there. And I thought, oh, Jesus. No, you oh, say now, it's just, oh, I just <laughs> imagine what it'd be like if Lorraine Kelly ever interviewed Francis <laughs> It was very Lorraine, I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So, like, Lucian Freud, why did you decide to paint that big fat lady? <laughs> was she nice? Did you like her? <laughs> yes, she was lovely. Okay, that's nice. That's nice. Did the two of you have a wee chat? Um, yes. <laughs> um, I don't often come on the television to publicise my paintings. I'm not certain why I'm here. <laughs> why is Andy Peters here offering me a competition? <laughs> well, if you want to see Lucian Freud get gunged, then ask your parents' permission and phone in. <laughs> You've not seen Lorraine Kelly in a long time, have you? <laughs> I imagine. It's based- <laughs> She's on CITV, isn't she? <laughs> At nine o'clock every morning, she's inviting... <laughs> the great and the good of the art world. <laughs> the toast of the art scene. The gunge them. Joy, tune us next week when Tracy Emin is going to be giving away a Volvo and then she might get gunged. <laughs> what was with that wee bed? Did you not think maybe I'll tidy it up because people are going to look at it? <laughs> That's exactly what Lorraine Kelly would say. <laughs> I mean, come on, love. Just make your bed, tidy it up. I, saw, I think I saw a couple of wee Johnnies there. Throw them away. Throw them away. This kid's watching this. And the reason I'm not joining in, everyone, <laughs> is because I can't do a Scottish accent. The critics would say that neither can I, but what I can do is a fairly solid Lorraine Kelly. Solid. Pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, cheat on me. Um... To me, it has the vibe of a studio jam that got out of hand and they decided... It got rapidly out of hand and then they thought, yeah, it'll do. Fabulously out of hand and <laughs> couldn't stop themselves. Yeah, because you start off with uh, Reed playing... Is it the, the continu- continuum? The continuum? Some kind, some kind of keyboard. <laughs> the continuum. Is that, is that a theory or a device or something? I don't, it's certainly like the the species of aliens known as Q in the Star Trek universe are from the continuum. I'm assuming it's to do with the, the fabric of space and time. Well, you would assume. Yeah, so it's a bit of a different sound sonically than we had on the album when Lou gets to play the little machine. Yeah, and then you get two minutes of strings before Metallica are allowed back in the studio because they were naughty. They didn't finish their dessert, so Lou punished them. By making them play for another seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, so you got Lou... It takes three minutes for Lou Reed to actually start singing and then ruin the song. And then it's nearly five minutes before even drums kick in. Ugh. We've missed um, pumping blood. Bum, 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 oh, we'll come bum, back to that. Bum, bum. 
Pumping blood. Bump, I mean, we'll go to it now. Pumping blood. Pumping blood. Yeah, I think... I think the first time I listened to the album, Pumping Blood was my first inclination that, oh no, something's amiss here. Because <laughs> I, I, could, I could get on board with the silliness of the table and such. I was like, ah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, just, um, yeah, with Lou Reed's voice on this. There's a, there's, there's a lot of Lou Reed on Pumping Blood. Isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there, though? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, there's elements of the song I like. I like the... Um, the, the discordant violins at the start, which again is it's yeah. I don't really think of the album much for its string arrangements. So there's quite a lot of strings on here, which you know, outside of some of Metallica's more grandiose stuff of um, Michael Kamen. <laughs> Why was that funny? I just don't like the idea of Metallica. Being... This album needs to be more grandiose. <laughs> <laughs> So again, he, that sounded more like the space cockroach from Men in Black again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but my problem is that a lot of the time when I was trying to do a James Hetfield, it come off and go a, just a, just a little bit pirate. keys with a stroke. Tis a grandiose record. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I'm trying to be wary of that. I'm trying to steer away from the seven seas. Just, there's no need but the idea that Metallica would ever say the album needs to be more grandiose is oh, funny I couldn't entirely imagine Lars Ulrich say this yes I mean he's inherently grandiose isn't he I can't quite imagine Kirk saying it hey, hey guys I think what the album's missing is a sense of pomposity <laughs> verging on the grandiose <laughs> yeah seems unlikely <laughs> yeah Yeah, uh, yeah. In Pumping Blood's the first time I think where Metallica the band sounds silly on it because they just don't. Because when it opens with the violins, it mm. instantly creates a different tempo, a different atmosphere. And then when Metallica are here again, they then do start to sound like pub band Metallica. Yeah. Like, yeah now yeah. we've got to be metal on this song. But no, you don't. You don't have. You to. absolutely don't. You don't have to be all up in that. <laughs> but how else will people know that it's us? Oh, they'll know. Don't know. You're all up in my grill, Metallica, and you don't need to be. Come on. Pipe down, guys. Pipe down. Uh, yeah, pumping blood, you know, aside from the pub band Metallica now appearing, you know, it has it does have a breakdown at one point, it does remind me of more uh back of the master of puppets or one vibe Metallica, which is it's nice to hear them being old school Metallica now and then. Yeah. Mixed in with the sea of Oh, this, this Lou Reed affair they found themselves in. The morass. Yes, the morass of Lou. Uh, frustration. Quite like frustration. Hmm. I like the yeah. atmosphere of it. It's quite I like that creepy Wurlitzer way. I don't, I don't love it, but you know, I quite like it. it. It's one of the ones that I found less aggravating. Yeah, I think this is one of the times where actually Metallica work on it as the pub band and Lou Reed vocally he's not a grating on this one he's he sounds like he's trying a little bit which is nice I think what's crucial about Lou Reed he has to try a little bit otherwise just a little, little bit a little bit of Reed goes a long way otherwise it does doesn't it really does just a spoonful of Reed mm. will will do but the um 
the album, I think, with the with the exception of the the final track, suffers from that whole um, what what would be side one is mm. better than side two. Oh yeah, side two becomes much more meandering and hazy and and less well, just less focused. Yeah, it is. I mean, I've, I've written the word ramshackle a couple of times for side two, and you'd be bang right, particularly yeah. when it comes to the song Dragon, which oh, it's, it's almost unlistenable. Mm, yeah, uh, the frustration you got like like a girl, like a girl. Yeah, yeah, you got got a lot of drone and just clattering metal sounds and frustration. Uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, with, with I think from frustration onwards, actually no, cheat on me onwards. Really, we're going much more. We're stepping away from structured songs now with narrative into just soundscapes. Yeah, if if we were to put this in some kind of narrative or play, uh, this would be the long section with lots of drugs involved. Yes, and hallucinations. It loses. Well, it loses the listeners, I think, because it it becomes more self-indulgent. I think as soon as they move away from, it doesn't even have it doesn't even have to be sort of you know, verse chorus verse chorus mid late. Ice honey so is on. the closest thing you get to that. And yeah, then as it really soon as you is. have ice honey, you move away from that. You don't need. I'm not saying a song needs to be that, but it should have some sense of focus. Maybe this. Uh, this it, we're, we're deep in the morass, aren't we, at this point? I think the problem is, is you, it would have helped to have a few more sacrificial lambs in there with token songs where there was a... Because I know I keep mentioning it, but just because Ice Honey then just seems even weirder in the mix there, this relatively um, standard song, just in the sea of these seven, eight-minute... I don't want to. You can't say epics, even can no, you? No, just they, they just, have no sense of scale. No, they're just rambling drones, and some of them work better than others. But they all kind of don't really go anywhere. They're really unfocused. Yeah. But they all don't need to be the length they are. I think oh, that's the key God, element. Yeah. None of none of them, even Junior Dad, which I will talk you know lo- glowingly about, even that doesn't deserve its full length. None of these yeah, songs yeah, earn. Listen. They're running time. No, they do. No. They they. We've said before with long songs. They sometimes they don't outstay their welcome. All of these do. Mm. They don't like that pitchfork review. They don't. They stretch an idea way past breaking point and then smear its entrails all over your ears. Mm. Yeah, this album does. You know, which is nearly eighty minutes long. It could easily, easily have been a fifty-minute album. There's, there's a good half hour on this album that does not need to exist, and you would not miss it if it didn't. And the fact that you could say half an hour, mm. when bearing in mind that some albums are barely over that. Yeah. What? Like on an old LP, what is it, 20 minutes aside? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes well, that, that's enough. <laughs> Bowie's Low is about half an hour, I think, 35 yeah. minutes. I just listened to Please Please Me, like the Beatles LP. In its entirety, not a song in there over three minutes. All bangers. It's great, and it's and you're you're in and you're out. Bish bash bosh, and you're happier for the experience. Oh, yeah. Obviously, Lulu doesn't have to be that brisk. It, 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 there is room in the world for artistic statements that that test the okay. patience and stretch the an idea oh, out. But absolutely. Th- but if you could cut half an hour and not notice 
Yeah. Well, then, it's like, but then you listen to something like a Gavin Bryars, like The Sinking of the Titanic or Jesus, oh, yeah. I've never filmed it yet. It's 20 minutes of repetition, but it, it, it works because... Because it's, it's going somewhere. Yeah. And the, the, the point is the repetition. That's actually part of the artistic statement. Yeah. It does I, was actually going, well. I was going to mention Gavin Bryars when we were talking about Junior Dad, but that it's a very good comparison because it's, it, it is a difficult listen in parts. It is... It, I mean, it's part of the record is about the narrative, isn't it? But the, the repetition builds to something really satisfying and beautiful. It does, yeah. And this, as I say... Without wishing to repeat myself, I'm gonna. You could cut half an hour out and not notice it that it was gone. No, I mean, cheat on me if we're if we're gonna Ugh. put some kind of narrative on this. Then cheat on me. Sounds pretty clear cut. It's when uh, we've been done wrong, been done wrong. Then there's the frustration that ensues from that. Uh, yeah. Then little dog, which uh, I think listening through this time was when I was really starting to get Lou Reed fatigue. Just like, man, your voice now is really <laughs> grating on me. Yeah. And little dog. Oh, man, just shut up. Yeah, shut up, Lou. For God's sake, shut up. Yeah, and during the whole eight-minute runtime, it ah. Metallica kind of never really kick in. They're just, they sound like they're constantly tuning up. So there's not really much in the way of percussion or rhythm. So it, it's essentially an eight-minute tone poem. It just to read reciting over just general noises. Yes. To what end? <laughs> to what end? To nobody's pleasure. Mm. Yeah, I can't say Little Dog's one that I've ever had particular fondness for anyway. It's eight minutes! Yep. It's, it's uh, probably... Maybe six minutes too long. Then <laughs> um, dragon. Are we to assume dragon is relating to drugs? Well. Blow me down. Well now. Well. Uh, you're quite the thinker, sir. <laughs> hey, I funk him. Thinking your big thoughts about Lulu. I think it might be Michael, yes. I think it might be. Might be about drugs, Adam. Might, might simply be about drugs. Might be about chasing the titular dragon, mightn't it? <gasps> it's, it's, it's much it's more psychedelic and unconvincing sounding. Psychedelic. You don't actually care. Psychedelic. Badly, yeah. Care, I thought, yeah, dragon is a tough old listen, I thought. <laughs> Yeah, so you got three minutes before the riff uh, kicks in eventually. Uh, it's 11 minutes long. Yeah, and it's mere warm-up. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, this is where strings kick in, because it, it needs that grandiose quality to it. Clearly, it's called yes, Dragon. It's, it's, a, it's a bad old song. Yeah, I think just the back-to-back of frustration... Oh, no, don't mind frustration that much, but, yeah, cheat on me, little dog and dragon. They're all just like, oh, mama. It's a really you're, punishing... You're testing <laughs> I mean, that's half an hour of songs there. They're only three songs. Yeah, 
And don't you feel every bloody minute of that do half an hour? Do. You could watch an episode of Only Fools and Horses. And, you know, you'd probably get more out of it. Probably would. There's so many pieces of classic television you could watch in the same time or less than it would to listen to those three songs. I mean, you could probably you could watch an episode of The Simpsons in Junior Dad's runtime. You generally could. <laughs> yeah, if even if you cut the adverts out, you've got about a Simpsons episode. Which, as much as I like Junior Dad, I really would get more out of. Probably, yeah. Yeah, but it was a good one. Right, well, with Junior Dad, then I'm, I can right. for, I can forgive the album. Every ever misstep, every boring fly off into studio jam session, Lou Reed mm-hmm. playing with Continuum, Kirk mm. Hammett complaining about the grandiosity of it, the just the not the non meshing of vocals and all that, Lou Reed being very Lou Reed. I can forgive it all that because this album gave us Junior Dad. I think that I think you're over egging the pudding, but not my pudding. Yes, your pudding, which is groaning with eggs, <laughs> but it's um, you. You are right to an extent, but I don't because I don't think that it even it deserves its runtime. No, there, that that I think weakens your argument. However. I think what I think what you're what you're getting at is is my point, which is Junior Dad is the the song on the record which is the most satisfying meshing of yes. the two artists, and as a result, it's it is what the rest of the album should have sounded like. Hundred percent, yeah. It sounds like a satisfactory, well, no, satisfying, not satisfactory, a satisfying collaboration. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's a completely different sound, but um, the FFS album, so which is Sparks and Franz Ferdinand, which I'm very fond of and will probably pick at some point. I remember listening is, to it when it first came out and liking it, but I've not listened to it since. I haven't listened to it in a long time. I listened to it a lot when it first came out. I really liked it. And what I liked about it was it sounded like neither of those bands. Mm. It sounded like something else entirely. Yeah. And as a result of that, I thought it was really pleasing to listen to. And the Scott Walker and Son, ooh, when they, ooh. those things, they mesh beautifully. Junior Dad is, is what the album could have been like. Maybe yeah. if they tried harder? Yes. <laughs> and they hadn't just said, right, well, here's a Lou Reed song and now we'll Metallica all over the gap. Yeah, because it doesn't sound like this is just a Lou Reed song with Metallica crowbarred into it or vice versa. It sounds no. like two artists have come together in a studio and created Something a piece new. of music. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah you're yeah. right. It, it doesn't sound like anything out on the rest of the album. Because it, yeah, it's you, good. Yeah, for that for <laughs> one thing, yeah. But you've got this kind of drone-like orchestral tuning up of the band. and um, Yeah, there's such a, like a mournful, melancholic quality to the song that like, I find really profound, verging on upsetting. There's a very, there's a deep, deep sense of atmosphere, which is very, very satisfying indeed. It, it, it's like there, you are inhabiting a like something new, a new world that they've created. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's a very, very good piece of music. It's, it's, it's very like it's the atmosphere of it. It's almost ambient. Just yeah, it's, it's atonal. There's nothing real until you start getting that little melody, that riff that comes in that. Yeah, 
It's because Metallica, Metallica don't have reined in the riff monster thing. The bombacity. Yeah, and Lou Reed has dialed down the whining. Yeah, on this he sounds much more fragile yes, rather he does. than uh, cantankerous. It's his elder statesman moment, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than just, here's some poems I wrote. Yeah. And I'm going to drone them all over this Metallica album. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's got this real funereal quality into it, and the riff sounds really sorrowful. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think the song, because I loved the song when I first heard it, and I think when Lou Reed died two years later, and you kind of realise retrospectively, like, oh shit, this is like Lou Reed's last song, because it's the last thing that would be released. You know, oh yeah, in yeah. his lifetime. So this it's is Louis. La- this is the equivalent of like his um, Blackstar. Yeah, this is his. I can't give everything away. Essentially. So when you listen to it with those ears and like his some of his final lyrics on it are like, "Pull me up," and, you know, crying out to some higher power to like lift him mm. up, pull him up. It's just like, oh shit, this song's just take on like a whole new entity. Yeah, that's a that's a. I hadn't really considered it, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, it's the masterpiece, isn't it? It is. Like, I, I, I will defend this song to the hill. Agreed, it doesn't. It's 19 minutes long, everyone. And a good nine minutes of that is literally just tone at the end. Yeah, you um, could... Half it, maybe? Yeah, I mean, a bit of tone and fade out, maybe? Uh, but... Yeah. Anyone who just says, oh, Lulu, shit, I would, I would challenge him and say, no, go fucking listen to Junior Dad. Yeah, but again, that's the point, isn't it? Anybody that just says, that dismisses it out of hand is an idiot. Mm. But equally, it is a mess. It's, okay. But it can be, I suppose it can be a triumph and also a mess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know we've already said it, but you've got to applaud the chutzpah. Yeah, the hotspur. I mean, there is that, or is it just rich man's folly? Because they could. Or yes. should we applaud it because they could? I think I think we should applaud it because, yeah, of course they could, but they didn't have to. And they, particularly if you're Metallica, you could just... Make another Metallica album. You could just crank out a Metallica album and you're going to get see some good sales from that. You're going to see sales that are a hell of a lot stronger than Lulu will have been. Yeah, I think what was this? This only got to um, this only got to number thirty six in the US, which is a low yeah, for a Metallica right. album. What well, conversely, did... a high for a Lou Reed album. That's true. What did um, I wonder what Saint Anger got? Oh, that would have been number one, but it wasn't good. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. No. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure i'd have to check my facts on this but i'd be pretty confident to say majority of metallica albums since black album gone to number one yeah probably in the u.s and again fair play to them for for i mean again i I suspect there's the degree of self-serving this is where we this is where we show them this is where we show them that we're not just a bunch of lunkheads (laughs) (laughs) yeah apparently uh when they put um Recorded Junior Dad, uh, Hetfield and Kirk Hammett had to go out into the kitchen and have a sob. (laughs) Because Lou Reed's vocals afflicted them so deeply. I mean, they're very affecting. 
The greatest disappointment. <laughs> the idea of... Got Kevin something in my eye. <laughs> James Hetfield having a cry in the kitchen ass over the, over the catering-sized drum of Nescafe. <laughs> While Kurt's trying to make himself a little green tea, hiding with his tears. Lars walks in going, Hey, you guys, sure. Uh, why you were? Uh, what, sure? Uh, why is everybody... Why shall shad? <laughs> why shall Dutch, Lars? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Oh, no, I don't know why you're so sad. I don't know. What's with all the... What's with the... What's with the upside-down smiles? <laughs> I say thank you to Jack Burton for re- you know, asking us to take a listen to Lulu for the party because it's been a while since I'd listened to it. And I've never listened to it. So, yeah, cheers, Jack. I didn't know it existed. Okay. Living as I do so resolutely nearly 50 years ago. In the past. Yeah. Yes. But thankfully, one of the performers on this album is now deceased. So it's you, you, yeah, you are allowed fair, to listen to it. Fair game now, yeah. yeah it's yeah. open season. Although, strictly speaking, I should only have listened to half of it. <laughs> true, true. The rest of it was just silence. <laughs> That might have been more powerful. It actually could have been, yeah. Could have been a better album. It, also, it would also have been quicker. <laughs> yes. Well, no, it's just, it's still the same length. It's just the silences are still part of the album. Lou, record it all in a voice memo. WhatsApp it me. <laughs> so, I mean, certainly what we think is the best song, fairly self-explanatory. Because it's Junior Dad. Because it's Junior Dad. I do really like my Mistress Dread. I I thought, yeah, I think Brandenburg Gate is good, but yeah, it's Junior Dad. Small town girl. Um, As for whether or not it was going to stay on at the party, I'm going to, I would like to make a move that, no, it absolutely won't, Uh but that I will, I will join the discussion circle after the party. I don't think it should be played, but I think we could all have a really nice chat about it afterwards or before, but not during. Could we not keep iced honey in there? No. <laughs> Fine. I mean, do you, if you are honest, how long is it going to be? How long is it going to be before you listen to this again? A few years? Maybe. I'm, I, chances are I'll never listen to this album again in its entirety. No, ever. Because I don't want to. Yeah. Because, because life's too, much, too short. There's too many other albums out there I want to listen there's, to in their entirety. Many, yeah, there's too many albums that I want to listen to for the first time and too many classics that I want to revisit. And th- there is not enough. Also, it's a week long. But I just, I'm so, so glad to get it out of my head for a bit. Mm. I don't want to live with it for any for any longer, for a bit. I'll revisit it in a few years, see whether or not I still agree with myself. I think I will, but I don't, I don't, I don't want it in my life now for a bit. Because it's so muddy. Genuinely, well done to all concerned. A, 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 a grand folly. Oh, it's an, an, absolute... an audacious mistake the grandest folly yeah 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 folly on a huge 
Olympic scale. But I'm glad it exists. Yeah, me too. I'm glad they did it as well. I'm, yeah, I am. I'm, um, I also, I think maybe they all learned a little something. Hopefully. Um, probably not. Don't know what? <laughs> uh, worst song on the album? Tricky. Probably cheat on me. Maybe drag. Yeah. Yeah, one one of those long ones on the yeah. side B or D. One of those, one of those songs south of the equator. Um, new, no, new. No. no. <clears throat> well, Jack, though, do get in touch because I would be interested to know what you think. Like, do you love? Do you lo- like this? Do, do you, you love <laughs> him? What's the like that? But Jack, how could you ever love a beast? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. We're sorry we, we uh, took us an extra episode to get here. Uh, we fully intended to record this after ABC. And then uh, we fully intended the WrestleMania album to be a bonus episode or to be one we had in the pocket for when we couldn't record. And then lo and behold, <laughs> that's, that, that eventuality yeah. came up pretty quick. That's, <laughs> so, that's, that's straight up happened, didn't we it? Had to, we had to break for WrestleMania album. Which, I mean, what did I enjoy more? WrestleMania or Lulu? Uh, probably WrestleMania. But which one do I think is better? Probably Lulu. It's a toughie. It's a toughie. Yeah. I tell you what, though. I don't know whose name is coming up on the wheel, but God in heaven, I really hope that whoever it is picks something that's genuinely good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can only hope. Wouldn't it be nice to listen to music that's good? To find out what we talk about next time, it's that it's the best time of the party when we spin that wheel. Spin it. <laughs> What's the? I'm being handed something here. What's this parchment I read? Is genocide? By Tuesday. Oh. So it's from Grey then, is it? Yes. Grey would like to come back to the party. I mean, he's welcome, but what is he insisting on bringing? Oh, you're not going to like this. It's it's something that was released last year. Well, that can't be right. Mm. That can't be right. John oh, Lennon's yes. dead. How can... What? People actually released music last year. Who? I'm I'm always going to guarantee that you don't know this person. It's the album Fake It Flowers by Biba Doobie. Couple of follow-up questions. And I won't be answering any of them. Is it, sorry, is it Fake It Flowers? Uh, Yes, Fake It Flowers. Right. And the artist is Biba Doobie. Biba Doobie. Bibadoobie. I think I'm pronouncing that right. She's a Filipino British singer. Right. It sounds like a scat singing. Bibadoobie-doobie. I think that's probably the intention. Cool. Because so... she does sound like Bob Goldthwait, so she's quite the uh, scat person. She Does she? Or is that a joke? I've got no way of knowing. You'll have to listen and see. Oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> First of all, first impressions, not a huge fan of the cover. Um, big, big problems with the fact that track six is called Emo Song. Not enjoying that. 
That's a bit of a red flag, I'd say. Or is it more tongue-in-cheek? Again, I've got no way of knowing. <laughs> but no way of knowing at all. I, without going to too much spoiler territory, I think you'll enjoy it. It's, it's, it's pretty good. I'm assuming it sounds very different to Lulu, though, and that's really all I need at this point. It's true. I think it's quite the tonic to Lulu. Um, yeah, I'm hoping for something of a palate cleanser of a record. For one thing, I think the album's pretty much only like 35 minutes long. And it's got 12 tracks on it, which that, and that bodes well. It, it's 12 tracks and it's, yeah, nice and quick. There you go. Just what you need. Beba doobie. Beba doobie. Interesting. So join us, please, when we are practically heading into the future for Adam to discuss. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fake It Flowers by Bieber. I'm pretty sure this will be the newest thing Adam's listened to in a long time. Because you usually like to give albums a few years after they've even been released before you listen to them. Absolutely. I don't... I'm not one of these Johnny-come-latelys. Like, I, I, I put Foxtrot on the turntable the other day and thought, this is great. This, this is, is as crisp now as the day it was made. <laughs> Stand by it. <laughs> I was listening to, as I said, I was listening to the Beatles. Not even later Beatles. Early Beatles. Nice, brisk songs about hanging out with girls. (laughs) Bee-ba-doo-bee. Oh, dear, oh, dear. (laughs) Join us next time when our friend Grey Westgate will be bringing Bee-ba-doo-bee to the party. And, uh... Until then, my loves, uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We are at Party Listen. You can find us on Facebook at the Listening Party Pod with Adam and Mike. We're on Instagram yeah, yeah. as the Listening Party Pod. Uh, you can email us at listenpartypod at gmail.com. And yeah, if you could uh, like and subscribe us or even you know just leave a, a nice rating on any of your podcast repositories of choice, that would be absolutely... Three or above. Three or above. Three or above. <laughs> would be absolutely spellbinding. So it was next time when I will be confounded by modernity. <laughs> It'll be quite respectable, everyone. It's worth tuning in. He's just a confused old man clutching his Genesis vinyl, <laughs> walking in and out of the kitchen. Where, 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 where? Yeah. That's, that's so chillingly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Well, until then, uh, we'll see you next time. Cheerio. Bye-bye, everyone.